Hiya, I'm Mel. Welcome to the secret diary of a binge eater, an ex-binge eater, helping you transform your life beyond recovery. I'm a binge eating specialist, clinical rapid transformational therapist, the three principles, transformational coach, a human design generator, and a scientific manifester. I will help you understand the principles of our human experiences and the science behind manifestations to help you see the importance of releasing any blocks like your self-sabotaging behaviors, both consciously and subconsciously to clear the path to your dreams. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and let's manifest our dream lives together. Thank you for listening and please share this podcast with anyone you think might also benefit from this too. Until next time, Mel. Hi, in this episode, I'll be sharing with you a coaching call that I had with a client. You also get a taste on what it's like to get coaching. So kind of like what happens behind the scenes, receiving coaching over the phone. And in the call, I went really deep down in explaining the science of how we create our reality. And I know that we've heard this phrase going around the therapy, um, psychology world. But if you're anything like me, I really didn't get it. But it wasn't until I read this book over a decade ago that things started to change my life. Because what I share in this episode is literally the proof that we really cannot trust what we think about all of the time. So I'm going to leave it right there so that you can enjoy and find out what I'm talking about. So until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Carly. Uh, Thank you for your message. And I keep going back to the same things. It's like the mind is so powerful. And again, like um, when we try to force things, it's really goes against our advantage because when we force things we're using the conscious mind um it's only really the subconscious mind that we really need to condition and all the other things that i've shared like the little mind hacks and things like that it doesn't actually it's not supposed to really feel um a huge impact straight away like you won't feel and even actually like uh, what i mean is like you won't you may not feel the direct impact of it on the conscious level when you're like saying oh i am enough oh, i love myself oh, you know i'm eating to nourish my body it might sound like it's all fake but the mechanics of the brain it's it the rep- the repetition of you performing these tiny acts, even if it doesn't feel normal on the conscious level, eventually when you practice more and more and more and more, it does permeate into the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is where the change is going to happen. And and I think that is the reasons why many people 
don't actually recover for good is because they've only literally tried to deal with the problems on the on the conscious level they haven't changed it on the subconscious level so it's usually always lurking in the background and i really feel for you carly when you're like saying you're struggling i know it is tough it really is tough um and i remember how tough those thoughts are that's why it's really really important to implement these really small tiny uh, mind conditioning exercises surrounding yourself by things that make you feel good saying kind thoughts to yourself exciting the mind with encouraging words so when you are eating something nourishing the brain reacts only to emotion not logic so like i've said before when you're eating something nourishing get stupid excited over it really exaggerate how great it is and it really does work when you do it with practice and you've probably heard of that saying fake it until you make it i do believe with an eating disorder you have to fake it until you make it to try and uh convince the subconscious mind that this is something that you really want and i have to admit like for an example i've never really been a fruit kind of person i've always been more of a vegetable person i really love vegetables fruit um maybe like a banana has been like the only thing that i used to eat but because of my daughter i always wanted her to have a different upbringing when it comes to food I want her to feel like fruit and vegetables are a normal part of life and that's what I've been practicing since she was born. So and with children they you know they don't really learn through being told to do things they mirror everything like we do as humans we mirror each other we look at each other to see uh seek out approval. and especially with children the direct uh people that they have in contact with are their parents so i literally had to force myself to eat fruit so that she could eat fruit and honestly like yesterday like i had this peach and i peach is not my favorite but they're like in season we try to eat fruits that are in season because we also a very eco family we we believe in buying things local and organic because of you know like saving the planet and all that but without going into the politics of like the planet we do just eat things that are you know available now and peaches is like there were so many peaches so my husband bought those peaches and I'm not really keen on peaches so I had to cut it up and my daughter she doesn't really like to eat something that's new So I cut it up and I put it in my mouth and I'm like, "Mmm, this is so good." 
and she was like looking at me and, and she and I said do you want to try some and she goes no it's okay and I'm like mm. and I was sat there like going, mm, and, and I wasn't really that enjoying it to be honest I was just putting it on and I literally had to brainwash my brain into liking it because I wasn't really keen on it and then in the end she ended up eating it because of the fact that I was exaggerating how good it was and I said did you like it and she went yeah actually she goes not too much but I really I think it's okay so she ate a few pieces with me and and to be honest by the end of it I I was okay I wasn't excited but if I wanted to train myself to have it I would eat that peach like literally every chance I get and I, I would be sending excited thoughts to the brain because that's how um the brain adapts to new things by repetition and your emotions when it comes to it i've been reading a really interesting book which i read about um 10 years ago maybe 10 years ago yeah it's called incognito by david eagleman um i'm not sure if you're liking to reading books but you you said that you're interested in about the brain and he i think he's got like an audio um of it as well if you if you really want to study the brain that is an amazing book i've started rereading it because you know um i just have a few questions in my head about certain things and you know quite puzzling and I remember this book ages ago and thinking wow you know this is when I changed from completely non-spiritual to open-minded because behind the spiritual meditation and all that those practices journaling positive thoughts and all that is actually a lot of biological science so that's why i really encourage everyone to be careful of what they say because um because i know it's not just a load of woo-woo stuff it is based on our human brain there's an interesting part in the book that explains about there's a split that we have like a split brain and basically you know normally the split brain works in harmony harmony together to um to translate like our experiences so basically even though the the two sides of the brain is uh, very similar to each other and they're very identical but they're very different in the way that they act so the left side of the hemisphere of the brain is um, the one with the language the one that can speak and can you know um, express and then the right side still understands everything pretty much like the left side but hasn't got um, the capability of languages so what it does it it communicates to the left side of the brain to communicate for it and it will like help it move your hand or help you move uh, right but it cannot speak but what happens is the two of them together when the right side has been um, triggered to do something 
the left side is then always trying to justify the behavior so for example there's a part like i know it sounds a bit confusing but there's like a, they did a test on someone where they just communicated to the right side of the hemisphere of the brain to go for a walk without the left side knowing and when they asked the guy what are you doing the guy said well i'm going to go for a drink but he had no real idea why he was going up because the left side has already already tried to make logic of why he suddenly was compelled to go for a walk but the reason was is because they sent a command to the right side of the brain to go for a walk he had no idea that they'd done that but because he went to go for a walk the left side was busy trying to make an answer of his behavior I want to read this part of the book, which is interesting, which concluded that part of the experience. There was other experiments, but I don't want to make this super long. So it says that the left hemisphere acts as an interpreter, watching the actions and behaviors of the body and assigning a coherent nar narrative to these events. And the left hemisphere, which is the language, works this way even in normal intact brains hidden programs drive actions and the left hemisphere makes justifications this idea of retrospective storytelling suggests that we come to our own attitudes and emotions at least partially by inferring them from observations of our own behavior as Gessaniga put it these findings all suggest that the in interpretive mechanisms of the left hemisphere is always this is the bit you need to listen to these findings all suggest that the interpretive mechanism of the left hemisphere is always hard at work seeking the meaning of events it is constantly looking for order and reason even when there is none which leads it continually to make mistakes this fabrication is not limited to split brain patients. Your brain as well interprets your body's actions and builds a story around them. Psychologists have found that if you hold a pencil between your teeth while you read something, you'll think the material is funnier. That's because the interpretation is influenced by the smile on your face. If you sit up straight instead of slouching, you'll feel happier. The brain assumes that if the mouth and the spine are doing that, it must be because of cheerfulness. So basically, it's ba saying that your brain is always trying to make justifications of your behavior. So even if, like that example there, just put like putting a smile on, sitting up straight, your brain automatically thinks that you're happier. Even though you've only forced yourself to smile, even though you only forced yourself to sit up, that the brain automatically connects these body positions and the changes in your face as happiness. So when you think about it, Carly, this is the reasons why it's super important to do those micro, little, tiny 
changes to the words and your behavior, little tiny things all the time, because it's inevitable for the brain to start changing. Okay? There is no good to keep ruminating on the things that you cannot control, like your mom, for example. I know it's painful, but the only thing that you're doing is obsessing even more about it, making the brain justifying the reasons why you're not being loved, making you feel crappier, getting you stuck in this vicious cycle because that is the fuel that you're giving to your brain. This is science. This is biology. This is nothing too complicated. This is exactly the input that you're putting. So I'm going to send this audio to you by email and listen to that part. And if you get a chance, if you want to read more about the brain, Incognito by David Ugelman is a brilliant book, explains how the brain works. It's not anything to do with eating disorders or anything like that. It is basically facts about how our brains function. And you'll realize when you know about the brain is how... The world is actually so different. Everything is an interpretation of what we choose it to be. You know, so even if you didn't have the best childhood, even if things kind of suck at the time, everything now going forward is changeable. If nothing else has worked, use science and the biological facts about the brain which will help you with the eating disorder to recover um, based on science. Okay? All right. Speak to you later. Take care, Carly. Bye-bye.